Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So this is what happened today with this episode. It launched out into the world, and somehow in the voice editing piece of it, um, I missed some very giant time lags. And it is actually very fitting with the theme of the episode, which is be imperfect, but I cannot let something that crazily imperfect go out into the world. So this is the edited version of what some of you may have already downloaded. And the terrible thing is, for some of you, this is probably your first time listening to the She Built This podcast episodes. And now you have this Like, oh dear, what are these people up to in your mind? And I promise you, something just went terribly awry as far as the importing and exporting of all of these sound files. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you when you clearly know that a mistake was made in editing, that you give a little bit of grace while listening to this episode because I'm sitting here five minutes before my first meeting of the day chopping out the blank space that was found in the episode. Lindsay Taylor, who's in today's episode, texted me and said, "Um, did you hear the time lags? I'm not sure if they're just on my phone. And I did hear them and they were very long and I can't let something that imperfect go out into the world. So this is the edited version. We so appreciate you for listening and I hope that you get some great takeaways from this episode, even if it's just that um, whatever you do, you can put it out imperfectly too and it's okay. Done is better than perfect. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello. I am recording this on a Saturday afternoon, and it's a very chilly and rainy one here in New Hampshire. So I'm using the opportunity to have a very, very lazy day. Um, I typically do some sort of like walk or outdoor activity every single day, snow or shine, or I row on my rower if I don't get the chance to get outside and walk. But honestly, today, I'm just like catching up on a couple work things after a wild, exhilarating, busy week. And then I think I'm going to cuddle up with a key. uh, A key. Yes, I'm going to cuddle up with a key. (laughs) It's going to be lovely and cozy. No, I'm going to cuddle up with a cup of tea and my dog and my husband. And we're going to watch some HGTV or like maybe a movie or something. All right, I have a question for you today. Do you have someone that you go to when you are making big decisions in life? Do you tend to make decisions mostly with your gut or do you kind of follow your head? So my question is, do you follow your head or your heart more? Um, Something I have been getting, working to get better at is my ability to make definitive decisions decisions and ones that do not infringe on my boundaries and my happiness at that same time. So I always want to go with my gut, but that sometimes does get me into trouble because 
my gut is like a very optimistic, idealistic person when I'm approaching opportunities. And I tend to like people, trust people, and just think that they have like the most brilliant genius ideas. So this can sometimes trip me up. Um, but it is funny when it comes to other people and, and them making decisions, I can almost always see what they should do when they're presented with two or three options that they're trying to weigh out. I don't always give people my opinion, but um, what I do try to do is to ask them more questions because I think that the more, you know, I think that for all of us, if we're asked the right questions, we can typically get to the bottom of what is best for us and come to that conclusion on our own. So this is why I have my own personal little dream team. I have them help make decisions in my life. And that is a coach. Um, Well, it is myself. It is a coach. It is my husband. I have a really good therapist and some friends who really know me inside and out and have seen me make a lot of similar decisions over and over again. Um, If it's a really important decision, I'll usually crossfire and ask all of these people. But, you know, typically with something that's a little bit smaller. I just need one or two conversations with the proper folks and a good sleep on it and I know what to do. The reason I bring all this up is that someone in the She Built This group recently asked me to help her decide between one of three options, which one was going to give her the most bang for her effort and buck. So the way I approached it is how I would kind of approach like a five paragraph essay, you know, the ones we used to write back in high school. Paragraph one, Intro expressing the desired outcome and goals and laying out how much time and money she had to invest. Paragraph two, first option, and we kind of like analyze it, which in this case, it was a maximum time commitment, a big financial investment, but there was a pretty good chance that she was going to have a good outcome within the first year or so. Then paragraph two, we get into that second option, lesser time commitment, less financial investment, but the outcome is less certain. And maybe there's not going to be, it it wasn't like a surefire ROI. Paragraph three, option three, this seemed like a kind of a distraction or to me a rabbit hole with the, it was a middle of the road time investment, pretty substantial financial investment and like no definitive outcome or, or ROI, or at least one that had nothing to do with her initial goal. So then we move on to paragraph five, the final paragraph, where we sum it up and I express my opinion on why I would go with either option one or two. In this case, and likely because I'm a little more apt to take chances by starting to dip my toes in first, I would probably start with option two, less financial risk, potentially good outcome. Um, anyway, once option two starts paying off, then yeah, I can go back to option one and increase the investment and the guarantee on the ROI. Now for the record, I did not actually write this person, this poor, poor person, a five paragraph essay. Don't worry. I was just explaining how I sort of like mentally weigh things out. Well, what you'll learn is as you grow your business, there are a whole lot of people who kind of want to hitch their cart to what you're doing. And there are people who want to partner with you and collaborate with you in a variety of ways. And it's up to you to decide whether or not those people um, align with your goals and meet the criteria for which you're looking for. So my friend the other day shared with me this awesome collaboration Venn diagram 
And it essentially broke down the components involved in finding your unicorn collaborators and your maybe later collaborators and your no thanks collaborators. The categories were things like, you know, whether or not you like the person, um, how much time each of you is willing to invest, what is the financial split and responsibility like, what are their values? What are your values? How reliable are they? Et cetera, et cetera. If you want to see the whole diagram, I really recommend you look at it. So I'm going to include a link in the show notes. I actually got it from Adam Grant's LinkedIn page because um, she shared it with me from his page. And in a nutshell, he says, liking someone does not mean that you need to work with them. Um, You can look at how dependable they are and whether or not they have different skills that kind of offset yours, but similar values. Anyway, he concludes it by saying, it took me too long to learn this lesson. And I agree. All of this to say is that now, um, after, you know, a couple of times of being burned, I do take my decisions and collaborations very seriously these days. And this collaboration, which I am announcing today with Lindsay Taylor of Naughty Good Bites Chocolates is one that I am seriously excited about. And I'm, I'm really thrilled to be able to share it with you. So each month, Lindsay puts out a call to her Naughty Good Bites social media channels and community asking for nominations for women who fit the bill for the theme that she sets for that month. And she texted me one day asking, you know, what was involved in starting a podcast because her goal was to further highlight the women that she nominates by featuring them on a podcast. And when she sent that to me, you know, I was like, okay, first I break everything down into like, the editing and the scheduling and, you know, what is really involved in having a podcast. And then I said to myself, hold the phone, which she replied that she was holding the phone, which is how she was texting me. Um, I said, why don't we just have them on the She Built This podcast? It's perfect. We already have a She Built This box of Naughty Good Bites chocolates available on her website. And for that, we donate 25% of all the sales to a woman-owned business. And she is the kind of person that like, no matter what, where she wants to go, I'm just going to hitch my collaboration wagon up. So I said, let's do it. And no less than two weeks later, we had our collaboration underway. So today, that is what this episode is. I'm going to bring you our first interview. And this one is with Naughty Good Bites nominee, Lanta Totten, who's going to be sharing with us her thoughts on being imperfect, which is something I am trying to get better at being in life, just okay with myself and not being perfect. And maybe you are too. Ironically, this podcast had some significant things happen during the recording. We got 10 minutes into the interview prior to me realizing that I wasn't recording the interview. So we had to start all over again. Um, And then the local recording on my computer, or I, I had saved it locally on my computer, it got totally deleted because Thursday... Apple told me I had like too much iCloud storage. I don't even know what the heck iCloud is, but I just was like deleting things like crazy off my computer and it deleted the file. So poof, that actually like disappeared into whatever the cloud is. Um, So yeah, so my audio file is absolutely less than perfect because I recorded it 
in a way that I do not usually do. But I think it was all kind of fitting because it was the epitome of imperfect. Oh, and lastly, both Lindsay and I have a clear propensity for the phrase, I love that, or I love this, or I love it, which my husband was definitely making fun of us for while editing. So there you have it. We are right on par with being imperfect. And now I'm going to bring you today's episode, which is going to start with the person that nominated Lanta. Hello, my name is Andy, and a few years back, I was in a dark spot and had just moved from California to New Hampshire. A friend had flown out and dragged me to a yoga class, and this is where I met my soul sister. Lanta taught her class and had me laughing and feeling so bright by the end of the day. Our friendship has grown a lot stronger since then, and she has helped me bring my sparkle back. I nominate her imperfect self for so many reasons. Lanta has such a powerful presence that she makes known and felt by all before she's even seen. There's no holding back when an idea is sparked. She is creating her community, her nourished community, and offering so many unique workshops and classes. She will truly hold space for you. Throw all the perfection out the window. She is real, speaks her truth, and invites all to do the same. My super soul sister, Miss Lanta. Love you. Hi, Lindsay, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. You have you were on my show like at the very, very conception of it. I know it's been a little while, but you and I have made, uh, remained in touch, so I am very happy to be back. Agreed. Um, all right, so Lindsay, why don't you kind of get everyone up to speed with what you do at Naughty Good Bites in nominating a Naughty Good Woman of the Month and how you chose today's guest to be a part of this episode? Sure. So at Naughty Good, we are obviously a gourmet chocolate company, but we say we're bigger than a bite. And by by that, we are all about lifting up your fellow female, honoring them, um, raising the ceiling of self-worth and the floor. We um, celebrate, we don't compete. And so we do that by honoring Naughty Good Women of the Month and people can nominate them. And this, uh, we also have a monthly kind of theme. So the September month is Be Imperfect. And um, our guest was nominated by a friend um, to represent our Being Perfect Woman of the Month. I love it. And I'm super excited that she is going to be joining us. And we're going to be featuring one of these women on the She Built This podcast every month. So it will, it's like a new twist. It's a delicious, naughty, good, chocolatey twist. Absolutely. If this person, you know, every month, we're just going to have somebody who's going to inspire you and um, make you really want to bring your best um, every day because um, it's what this person's doing and, and we can do it too. Okay. Do you want to introduce today's guest? Yeah. So today's guest is Lanta Taunton and she is the owner of Nourish um, out of Northwood, New Hampshire. It's a yoga studio. And uh, Lanta, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. I Let's see. What do I want you to know? Let's go in order of importance. I have been with my husband since 1996. We've been married almost 20 years. We have three 
amazing sons, um, ages 12, 14, and 16. So all going through puberty, which is a joy in itself. Um, we live on a 200-year-old hobby farm, and we raise a lot of our own food there. Really believe in, what do I want to say, conservancy and really taking care of our of our land, of the earth. And as well as I'm a yoga instructor and owner of my own yoga studio. I love it. Do, I have to ask, do any of your boys do yoga with you? <laughs> um, they did until they hit puberty. <laughs> and now I'm the only one using yoga to survive. <laughs> I can't. I have three little brothers and I just can't imagine any of them being up for like a good yoga session with me. <laughs> I think regardless, you know, boys or girls, they hit a age, right? Where they're like, mm, mom's not cool anymore. <laughs> regardless of what we do. But not you two. You two are cool. No matter. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Awesome. So, um, so Emily, I don't know if we want to um, jump right into our, uh, you know, what our monthly theme is. Let's do it, Lanza. Why don't you tell us what being imperfect means to you? Okay. Well, I think that I'm gonna, of course, access this through the lens of yoga because it was really through my yoga practice that I discovered this. And to me, being imperfect is being met where you are you know, being authentic, accepting where you are with compassion, with grace, with love. Um, yeah, I think that's what I want to say about that. It's about being in the moment and what's available to you in this moment and knowing that you're just doing the best you can. I love it. I think that's, that's our intention here at Naughty Good is to say exactly that. Like being imperfect is about being you. Like there's there's just no, we always say be um, be purposefully imperfect. And so do it with intention, be you with intention. You know, nobody has to be, um, you know, quote unquote, perfect. It's, it's, it's the, um, that was so yesterday, right, Emily? As I just, being perfect is so yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to get that through my head. So yes. Um, Landa, I'd love a, like a real life example of you having shown up imperfectly recently, let's say recently. <laughs> recently, I would have to say um, this whole situation with COVID-19 definitely would be a great example of that. You know, the state asked me to close the studio um, as all the businesses were closing. And I am not technologically savvy. That really relies fully on my husband. And here I was in a situation where I had to go online and teach online to um to continue my business and i just had to surrender the perfect and just show up i knew that what i wanted to do was offer um a respite to my community i wanted to offer them a way during this stressful time to show up for themselves on the mat to move their bodies to turn inward to find some more ease and balance in their life and it meant me doing it in a very less than perfect way you know there were so many technological difficulties and it was also foreign, but, um, but I did it. I love what you said there is just show up, right? That's, that is, that is just absolutely perfect. And as a member of this community, I can absolutely say you did and you did it with what seemed like such ease and confidence, even though behind the scenes, maybe not, you know? Um, and, and I love that you were able to provide that to our community, that ease and balance in such a crazy time. 
So you did it. You did it swimmingly. <laughs> Example for other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Lanta, can you share with us maybe even um, maybe even like your life's journey, not just a recent example, but maybe how your life's journey has helped you formulate the meaning of being imperfect? Oh, gosh, sure. Um, so I guess what's really important for me to share is that my son had a bone marrow transplant when he was 14 months old. And just to relieve everyone, he's well and healthy and delightful now. But coming out of that was when I discovered yoga. I needed a place to um, release, you know, bottled emotions and so much that was happening. And as I came to experience the practice of yoga, I wanted to learn more about it. And I signed up for a teacher training, never planning to be a teacher. And when I got done, I was so impassioned, like everybody should know this. This is how you live. And here I was, you know, I was still, I had a young baby and had just been in isolation. I was carrying extra weight. I was an old mom, older mom to begin with. And I felt like I'm not a yoga person. I'm not what I think a yoga person looks like. And I just felt that this message was so important that again, I just had to show up. I just had to share it. And I've come to really market my um, authenticity or relatability you know, I'm going to laugh in the middle of a yoga class. I'm going to mess up which foot we're on. I'm going to be human. <laughs> and that's the message, right, is that you can show up and be human with me. You can show up and be real with me, and we can still be practicing yoga. You don't have to be a ballet body um, or a very slim girl or even a girl at all. <laughs> you know, how about a man or a teen or a person with a disability? And, um, yeah, that journey has taught me a lot about understanding that yoga is for every body, my body, your body. And, um, and the message is so much more important. I love that. <laughs> Me too. Right. And the relatability. And I can say, Lanta, getting to know you, like you are a hundred percent relatable. Like there, no, there's no holds bar. Right. And so having you teach that in a yoga class, I can imagine I have yet to attend any of Lanta's yoga classes. Um, and it's not for fear that I, I mean, not for fear, but not because I don't want to, but just because time, as we all know, but, um, but I have no doubt you're amazing on that mat. Like I bet. And I would love to laugh alongside with you because that would be me. <laughs> and I'm sure Emily too, right, Emily? Yes. <laughs> and you know, one time the teacher like knocked over his water glass and had to go like get a towel. And I'm like, all right, just keeping it real. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, um, so you're doing obviously a lot to inspire and impact the lives of others. I'm curious to know who in your life has been a role model or inspiration to you. You know, I spent some time, um, fearing that you were going to ask me this question to be entirely. <laughs> Here we are. So this is what I want to say. I want to say that I respect a lot of people, specifically women. Um, and from each one, I learn things I want to do and things I don't want to do. I don't have one specific mentor or person in my life. Um, that's really rocked my planet. <laughs> it's really changed my course. But I have found that to be a student in all things, to come to every situation and say, what can I learn here is really important and has really guided me. And it reminds me to stay humble. It reminds me 
that there's something to be learned in every situation. And I guess that would have to be my answer to that question. I think that that's a perfect answer. Perfect answer for an imperfect episode. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, Em. I had to throw it in. <laughs> yes, you did. I mean, if you weren't going to say it, I was. So I think that that's awesome. I love that you're just showing up and willing to learn every day. Like, that's how we grow, right? That's how we um, are all going to make make ourselves better and in turn make other people better. Um, you know, that's kudos to you. That's wonderful that that's the way you look at, um, you know, every day. You don't show up already thinking you know what you don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you feel like, um, how does it make you feel kind of knowing that you're inspiring other women and impacting their lives just by living just by living yours, you know, and just by showing up like that, like, you know, I don't know. How does that make you feel? Um, (laughs) I think it makes me really hold myself accountable to being, um, imperfect, if you will. And letting people know that, you know, I love to cook and I show a lot of funny pictures, um, on Instagram of my food and I share my thoughts and things. Hold, hold, hold. Funny pictures, Lanta? These pictures are incredible, you guys. Like, a little comparison syndrome every time I see one, I have to admit. (laughs) But they are incredible because I'm like, I can't do that. (laughs) Sorry. They're not funny. They're incredible. And Emily, you should So I share some things that I find are beautiful. And then I also make sure that I'm sharing when I'm icing both my knees because I'm 52 years old. And I share when I'm having a bad day. And I share... um, struggles as well as beauty and I think that you if you are in a position to be considered inspiring then you have an obligation to show all the sides of the effort it takes to arrive in that place yeah Lanta 52 and please tell people about the um about your adventure when you turn 50 about like the Lyra and I mean you're doing some pretty other silks yeah you're doing some amazing so stuff. At 49, I realized um, that I was about to turn 50. <laughs> it was rather horrifying at first. And I realized that I only had one regret. I don't spend a lot of time in regret. But every time I see aerial performers, I literally weep. Like tears just run down my face. And I thought, I'm only getting older. Like it will never be easier than it is right now. And so I signed myself up. Um, for some aerial dance classes where I worked on a lira, which is a steel hoop and also on the silks. Um, and it's hard. It was so hard. Talk about being imperfect. There were just things that a woman with three C-sections can't do that a 20 year old can. Oh, but, um, but I did it. I, and I put on a performance for my 50th birthday for my closest friends and I continue to show up and do what I can. And um, I love it. Good for you. I've done um, yoga with silks and it is hard work. Yeah, but you both did it, right? I love that. You showed up and you did it. I love that. All right. So I would love to know, like, what advice, what advice do you give to other women who are on their own journey to self-discovery? What are, what's advice that you give to your students as they're kind of going along this path? Okay, so the first thing I would say is that everything you need is within you. Everything. You need to learn to trust your intuition. You need to learn to tap into it. Um, 
sometimes I feel like a broken record when I teach a class because I say, you know, notice your breath, notice sensation in your body, notice your state of mind. And I say it again and again and again. And I imagine there's a couple of eye rolls going on. I even, I roll at myself sometimes, but I do it because I'm trying to create um, a rote behavior. You know, I'm trying to create a pattern of behavior where people are used to checking in with themselves. How am I? And the more you check in with yourself and then are able to respond to what the need is that you notice, the more self-reliant you become and the more confident and empowered you become that you can provide yourself with what you need. So what would I offer someone, you know, on a road to self-discovery is to trust, trust their innate body's knowing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's um, so empowering to be able to do that check in with yourself continuously. And if we only have somebody to constantly be reminding us of that, right, Em? <laughs> Our routine. And so when you just stop and you take a look inward, you, you realize that every single moment is actually very, very different from the one before. And it makes you far more present. Absolutely. And I think people can do that. And I mean, obviously through yoga is a great way, but um, I know Emily's done a she built this um, body and, and it's through like journaling maybe, or even through meditation or maybe meditation for somebody like for myself is going for a run. And those at those moments in my life is where I really check in, you know, and say, hey, what's really going on here? So I think we can all find that safe space in our lives to make that happen. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Um, um, you know, I, you know what, I, one question I wanted to ask, um, Lanta is so many of us are striving for perfection, even though, as we've discussed, it's so unattainable and we just need to really focus on being us. Um, but we do, we struggle with self-doubt and comparison syndrome. What are some of the areas that maybe your you struggle with and how do you work through them? Um, and maybe that kind of is a similar answer to your last one, but I, you know, I'm just curious to see where you are um, looking to improve. <laughs> is it a loaded question? <laughs> yeah, it is a hard one. Um, so I'll, I'll be really frank because, you know, this is an imperfect episode. Weight is one. You know, I, I'm not even particularly a heavy person, but I have um, some, you know, body image issues. And I have to observe the thought and know that my thoughts are not the truth and I need to, and then I work to let them go and remind myself of all the capable things that my body does, right? You know, from giving birth to, you know, being on a, in the air, holding up my body weight to all those things. And so that's, I mean, quite frankly, and unfortunately, that's my most prevalent one. Um, beyond there, I think it's really um, professionally, I teach classical yoga, which means we are very yoga philosophy heavy. We um, reference the ancient texts like the Bhagavad Gita, Patanjali Sutras, um, the Yoga Hatha Pratapika. We don't, it isn't a fitness program. And there are days when I come up against Western yoga where it's all just, you know, Instagram pose bodies and, you know, move, 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 move. I start to kind of have a little imposter syndrome come in. And then I remind myself um, that I'm living so authentically following this eightfold path of yoga that I'm tapping in to something that's deeper and really resonates 
with me and I'm able to share really profoundly with others. And that's how I, I guess, overcome that stay in their lane, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's why I asked that question is, is so that, you know, people understood as inspiring as Lanta is, we all have our hangups, right? And I think we're all going to continue to do that, but how do we work through that? And I love that you just remind yourself, you know, that, um, you know, I was in the same position running marathon. People think you run a marathon and you lose weight. No, you actually put on weight because you eat so much dang food um, to, in order to maintain the energy. And I had to keep reminding myself like, but I'm running a marathon, right? And so same as you, you know, you're up on those silks and you're, and it's that reminder of what your body is able to do, not what it's not able to do. It's it's such a powerful tool. And not just looking at the way, I think this is where, what a lot of us women do is we don't just look, think about the way that we feel or look at the way that we feel. We think about the way that we look and that's like our determinant for, or what the scale says, you know, and that's like, our determinant for our body image when really it should come from how we feel inside. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I hate the dang scale. I, I step on it, but I hate it. <laughs> like why, right? Why should that be our measure of our worth? Right? Yeah. Especially through COVID because I don't know about anybody else, but I ate all the things. All the things. All the things. And, you know, I went up a, a few pounds, you know, just is, right? Who didn't? And, um, and I had a good chuckle with myself because I was like, is all of your self-worth tied up in four pounds? And it was such a like awful way to say that. But when I heard how dumb it sounded, you know, I realized that no, it, my self-worth is not tied up in that four pounds. And I felt really liberated. Um, again, observing, turning inward, observing the thought, you know, examining it. Is it loving? Is it kind? Is it truthful? And then moving forward as I want to, what's in alignment with my highest self bad about myself for it it does hurt my stomach like legitimately which is why I don't do it but then I make it like a guilt trip right yeah and I looked and when we when I did that I looked back at other times in my life that I ate complete garbage and I was like okay Emily like you need to take a step back and just look at where you are now compared to what all the other terrible things that you've done to your body like this is nothing you know you eating like a little bite of bread is not that. <laughs> yeah. It's so it is. It's such a struggle, right? It's in in the COVID, I call it remember freshman 15. It's the COVID-19. Now thankfully I didn't get 19. <laughs> thankfully it wasn't 19 pounds, but uh it was <laughs> That's funny. Um I have a question that Lindsay actually came up with, but I am super curious to know. What naughty good bite flavor do you most relate to, Lanta? Oh, well, I need my own box. I've already decided. Oh, agreed. <laughs> flavors in my own box, the Lanta box. <laughs> I want that Maitre Dark because yummy, the dark chocolate. And then I like the sultry, would be my salted caramel. And then the rapid that's right. Yep. And then the last one is the loconut. <laughs> yes. Which, but I have to say, Lanta, do you remember this? So I had this conversation with Lanta and she was like, when are you going to come up? This was about oh, a little over, maybe a year ago, a little shy of a year. She says, when are you going to come up with a bite that um, has some heat to it? She loves spicy stuff. Right. And I was like, actually, it's in the pipeline. It's coming up. 
So she asked me again. I'm like, no, it's coming. So then finally, when I'm ready to release it, she says, it's going to be called the Lanta Bite. I said, actually, better yet, Lanta. And it was so perfect because when you know Lanta, this is perfect. I said, it's called Hot Mess. <laughs> She's like, yes, it's me. <laughs> right, Lanta? I figured for sure you would have picked that one as your as your go-to, but oh, it was perfect. On your list, are you still carrying that flavor? Yeah, we carry it um, for. Um, oh, you're right. It might not be because it's not available right now, but it'll be back in the winter. Because I'm aware when it's available. Well, now, now I have to ask Lindsay which one she is, and then I'll share mine. Oh, good lord! Really? I've never. This is on the spot completely. Um, I have. I have two. All right. I'm going to say. I would have to say passionate because I'm. I just am always like. I'm pretty passionate about certain things in my life and I really try to uh, live that to its fullest. So um, I'd say I'm passionate. I mean, not, not impassionate, just passionate. <laughs> you are a passion nut. That is for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I've got a little hot mess too. So, I mean, I could certainly go there too. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go Irishy washy because I am very much Irish. And I am also, I also have a really hard time making decisions and I'm going to go weirdo because <laughs> that's an inescapable fact. And when weirdo came out, I said, Em, look, here's one named after you. Cause I know she always says embrace your weird, right? So <laughs> if you don't embrace your weird, no one else will, that's you know, right. that's right. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so I have another little rapid fire question for you. Um, what's one thing in your life that you haven't done, but you want to? Oh, I have never led an international retreat by myself. Oh, international. Wow. Cause you do local. I retreats. do. I've hosted, um, for 10 years now, 10 women over 10 women's retreats in Vermont, New Hampshire, and one in Costa Rica as a partnership. But I would love to do something like that. All right, Lanta, where are you taking us? I know. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she actually, you have a retreat coming up, don't you? Did, did we just see that up? Oh my gosh, you queued it up. And it's so perfect because talk about imperfect. I had to cancel a retreat that I had scheduled over a year ago because they couldn't uh, maintain social distance. Yeah. And queen of the pivot here, I was walking back through my property. You know, again, I live on this beautiful farm with a whole wooded back lot. And I said, we could camp out here and this would be the most glorious thing. So I Switched it from just chrysalis because I love the idea. Don't go on a retreat if you're not prepared to come back a different person, you know. I mean, not fully, but like you want to evolve in some way. You want to transform in some way. So I always call my retreats chrysalis. So I renamed it chrysalis under the stars and September 25th through the 27th. We're going to be camping out under the stars. Um, I'm so excited about it. And of course, I'm cooking all the food. So everybody should be really excited about that. It's gonna be magnificent. I love that. I love it, and and I can't wait to find out where you're gonna take us, right, Em? Like, I know I want to go to Bali. If if you know, put my vote in for Bali. <laughs> Bali from the backyard of Lanta to the to Bali. Hey, right? That's amazing. 
I love that. All right, Landa, why don't you tell folks how they can reach out to you and um, learn more about your studio? And I also just want to follow that up with, are you still doing and offering virtual um, yoga classes? Yes. So currently, all of my classes are offered virtually as well as um, I think most of them are also in person. We just have a few that are not. You can um, find all the information you need at www.nourish.works, W-O-R-K-S, which is that not the coolest email or website address ever? I love it. <laughs> I, I turned it inside out. Um, right there on the website, you can hear, you can read our policies for handling COVID and social distancing and keeping you, you know, healthy and safe. Um, all of our class descriptions. Uh, we offer two to three classes a day. Um, I've just got a new one starting for the school season at 5.30 a.m., five days a week, which I'm really proud about. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's everything. And on Instagram. Oh, forgive me. Yes. And on Instagram, Nourish Body, Mind, Soul. I have to tell you, I saw that your um, retreat under the stars is 3.33. And just so you know, all of the She Built This podcasts schedule at 3.33 on the morning that they go out. Oh. If you follow numerology, um, the number three is all about love. Oh, perfect. Uh-huh. So that was why, how I chose that. It was love for my participants and love for myself. Yeah, well, thanks so much for joining us. This was really great. And I, I do hope um, folks check out your website and visit you for some of those virtual classes and if they live in the Stratford area, in-person classes. Yes, thank you, Lanta. This has been awesome. Oh, ladies, thanks so much for including me. It was a real honor. Thank you. Thanks. Here at Naughty Good, we encourage you to mimic our bites by doing good and inspiring others. Define your naughty and good. Be purposefully imperfect. Stop comparing and start honoring the naughty good woman in your life. Visit us at naughtygoodbites.com to nominate them today. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.